Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out All right, so let me let me just pose a question real quick. If I say rock and roll outfits, what is the first thing that comes to your mind, Neil? Just as far as an outfit, not that this was outrageous, but Jimmy's outfit, just the way he used that old military, French military jacket, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the bad side of that is what Michael Jackson did to that whole weird style. Like, Michael Jackson just flew off a cliff with his outfits in the 80s. Like, I love how you're like Michael Jackson flew <laughs> off the cliff with his outfits. I mean, they were fucking criminal. I mean, I can't, that's the worst thing he ever did. Smooth the criminal. fucking outfits. They're criminal. I mean, from he's now still, on, he will be known for how bad his outfits were. Oh my god! I watched him doing the Super Bowl and just his his like black and glitter? black and gold military. Like the whole thing had this military oh, yeah. feel to it. And I was like, what is going on? What? Oh my god! Um, okay, the, the, the glove worked. Though. The glove worked. I mean, the glove was cool. Everything else was too much, but the glove the glove was. The glove was cool. I like well, the red jacket, the beat it red jacket was, that's where, uh, after that. Yeah. The glove. I, I had the glove, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, so Jonathan, when I say rock and roll outfit, or, or outfit in music, what is, like, if you did. I understand you, the question, but, Josh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? The, the Rolling Stones. I mean, the Stones in, like, 1970, outside of Hendrix, because Hendrix is the only person who makes the Stones look normal, but, like. <laughs> Because I've seen footage of Hendrix sitting backstage at Madison Square Garden in 69. Yeah. And he makes Keith look like pretty straight, dude. Um, <laughs> but Keith, man, because it was like, it had that European elegance and like sophistication, but yet they were all just so fucked up. And I've always said, that's <laughs> the problem with Keith is like, he makes drugs look real cool. He makes drugs look like a fucking Armani ad. <laughs> and because he's in some expensive hotel and he's wearing some badass clothes and some chick passed out and no clothes. I mean, it's just like, yeah, welcome to fucking your fantasies. And that was, but even if you, if anything you look at in the '60s is kind of like a, today, it's kind of ridiculous looking. Yeah, for, for the most well, part, Morrison like nobody, still, nobody Morrison's would be wearing that shit today. Morrison's you know? still pretty cool because he never got crazy hardcore into the flower. It would, yeah, it was really just yeah, right. some people leather, some leather people. jacket, maybe no shirt. Keep it simple. Like keep it simple. Yeah, if the the first thing that comes to my mind anytime I think of rock and roll outfits is has got to be Van Morrison. Last waltz, that purple oh. onesie that he's wearing. Yeah, you know, I think oh uh, that is that, ridiculous. The adjective, the adjective is fantabulous. I think is uh, <laughs> Van Morrison is, after uh, dark, and, and just topped off with the kicks at the end. You know why the that's one of the best outfits ever? This is why? almost like Van Morrison giving everybody else a head start. He's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna come out here wearing this fucking purple sparkle jumpsuit. I'm gonna be kind of out of shape and like. Pinkish hue. Thin, you're gonna see my fucking chest hair. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna just fucking meander about, and you're gonna wonder why is this dude. And then I'm gonna sing and be like, "Oh, this is the best guy on the whole fucking show." And this is why this guy didn't give a fuck. Van Morrison in that why thing is care? like, he's like the 85 year old at the in the sauna at at the fucking Y. 
who's just like fucking stretching saggy balls <laughs> in your face, and you're just like, you really just don't give a shit at this point. And you're, and then like like you said, Jonathan, that's Van Morrison when he sings. You're just like, oh, this guy doesn't give a shit. Well, he, he doesn't have sing to. Like that. Exactly. It's like it's like a, yeah, he's giving everybody else a couple points to start out with. It's like, all right, you're gonna look cooler than me. <laughs> Guns N' Roses' whole fucking like thing was definitely. I mean. Uh, you can't pull that shit off unless you're doing that, but they made it look real cool. Well, the top hat was great. But just even the, the ripped player. t-shirts and the fucking just, 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 they made it look cool, man. Well, I mean, Axel. Axel's, Axel's up there with Key, uh, with uh, Nick on some ridiculous. I always wanted to see. There's some pictures online of both of him wearing some ridiculous shit. Oh, yeah, like when he's wearing like a, a catcher's mitt and a kilt. I'm like, I want to see Axl Rose's closet. It's like, and what did he decide? No, I'm not going to wear that. I'm going to wear the catcher's mitt with the kilt. I'm out. Like, what did you turn down in route to a catcher's mitt? And like, what did you like? Nah, this isn't me today. <laughs> like, I don't even. I just, and ba- don't forget bandana. Oh, I'll rock a bandana. I'm not afraid of rocking a bandana. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, if I could pull off some of that stuff Jimmy Page wore. Those outfits. Oh, you want the full on jumpsuit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you want the dragons on your legs? Oh, yeah. Oh, Neil, I would have never suspected you for somebody who wanted dragons on their legs. That's not a joke. <laughs> like, I mean, Keith Richards said I woke up and I would just, clothes-wise, I would just wake up and put on whatever my girlfriend was wearing. I'm like, your girlfriend's a fucking model. Like, how are you wearing, how is an adult man wearing a fucking model female's clothes? It's impossible. If I, like, other than kind of your, you know, Elvis 68 with the leather jacket and, you know, Cash's whole man in black thing. I would I'd say one. Dylan with the face paint on that tour. Ooh, oh wow, pretty That's fucking kick ass, kinky motherfucker face paint, huh? <laughs> it, it, it's it's just so such a cool look it's on so stage. Cool. It's cool just, on it, stage. He looks like, yeah, he just looks like a perform. Like he, it's like he's a fucking mime or some shit. He just looks like a performer that's about to fucking blow your mind. Yeah, and he does. Yeah, no, it's not it, about it, to. The, he the does. lighting in the hat, because you can always like, yeah, it, that's yeah, the white part of that shadow. Because yeah. what it is, is a shadow. You can still because it's white. Mm-hmm. You can sense the hue back there. Mm-hmm. It's like, and a it looks sc- like there's skeleton. a blue light always shining on. Right. It's not just like a you know orange or green or whatever. It's like there's a blue light there that just it's, it's so cool. And that was yeah. that was on the Rolling Thunder review, right? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a great um, great uh, name for a tour. Well, I can't really answer that question because I would wear anything I wanted to. I'm not. I'm, there's nothing I want to wear and don't feel like I can wear it. Like, but if if, if you if you could go from any of your Rocky, so you, Keith, I, I feel like you would take Keith. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of the, the Hendrix stuff got a bit much. You know, I mean, I mean, it's super cool, but you kind of have to be Hendrix. Well, and it's also it's also a fine line because if you, if you've ever seen John Mayer circa his Montana, I'm about to do a country <sighs> uh, roots album oh my where he's he like goes for the Keith Richards look and he's got like four scarves, <laughs> four scarves. And, a, and like three a belts field. and a bunch of bracelets and a giant cowboy hat somewhere in between Keith and Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> like, what are you doing in a field? You're not hunting. You ain't fucking working. Like, what are you doing in a field with that many fucking things on? <laughs> This is a viable reason for why you might have a scarf and a couple shirts and a jacket and a hat. Here's why. Because if you're Keith Richards, you leave home, and I'm serious, you don't know when you're coming back. Like, you might be three fucking days, and I'm serious. And if you're out, because I've been in situations where I had layers, Are you I can saying take he's a taking things. his blankie with him? No, he's taking options to work, because he might not be home for four days. He needs to be warm, and he needs to be fucking hot. Yeah, yeah. But, he's prepared. But he's prepared. Um, so, yeah, that the, I never liked the nudie suits. They were too much. Johnny Cash was just fucking black, man. You can't go wrong with Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. That, But I will say this, that really, when it came down to some of my favorite bands, two of them being The Stones and The Dead, 
My only if I if you had to be like give me one issue you have the Grateful Dead, I would be like they dress like a landscaping crew because <laughs> they're out there in like fucking car- cargo shorts. <laughs> And like flip flops yeah. and like a t shirt. <laughs> totally. And then there's and the, the, weird, fine, the weird Daisy it, Duke. Maybe ears. a hoodie. <laughs> maybe a hoodie with short sleeves. Yeah, but it's uh, like, are you guys the groundskeepers? Like, who are these? But, but the Stones and, and that decision, I definitely like the Stones, but the Grateful Dead are I, I, one of my favorites in spite of their. If outfits. that was one thing I could wear on stage, if I could actually pull it off, would be that kind of in that vein of like, I don't know if Little Richard started it, but it feels like he did. And then like James Brown, and then like Prince, where you got like the 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 cape, and and you can really just <laughs> use that cape you to your advantage. Do you want to go down the ground and then like have people helping you back up and shit? Do you want to do? Oh yeah, do I want that? people carry me off and then be like, ah, uh-uh, take it off. <laughs> I'm here. I'm, call- I'm going back for more, baby. Oh my gosh! Oh. And you're. <laughs> I got to give the people what they want. You know. And I'm not talking Jalen Rose, Neil. <laughs> And the 80s metal just got out of control. The the makeup oh, and the fishnets well, and the... the I, I, I don't it know It was if almost I could... fucking Ziggy Stardust oh, on God, steroids. No, on, on, on meth. On estrogen. <laughs> on fucking meth. <laughs> on estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, you are listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And, and this week, we, we are talking about outfits because we were talking about outlaws and federales. <laughs> Outfits and outlaws. <laughs> Maverick, pull up. Specifically, Poncho and Lefty, written by Towns Van Zant and originally released on 1972's The Late Great Towns Van Zant. It hit number one 11 years later when it was re recorded by Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard on their album Poncho and Living Lefty. On the road, my friend. What's gonna keep you free and clean? Now you wear your skin like iron and you I've known the Willie and Merle version since I was before I can remember because my grandparents used to watch TNN all the time. That is the Nashville network for mm-hmm. anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. know. Now you know. But I, I didn't even know who Towns Van Zant was until I was in college. And his his shit just hits my sweet spot. And this song in particular. I th- How, where, where, I'm glad <laughs> I've never seen your sweet spot. Oh, Johnny, you, you've seen my sweet spot. You just don't know it. <laughs> It's okay. I don't want to see it. I'm just. I'm. I just want to address the, your sweet spot. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Look, his voice is obviously a specific taste. You like it or you don't. And musically, this song specifically is pretty straightforward. It's not reinventing the wheel. But for me, and the reason I picked this song from a strictly storytelling aspect, it's as good as anything in the American canon. From a storytelling aspect, it's not the best. But it belongs with the best, strictly on as a story song. It belongs up there with the best of them. Yeah, it's funny. I remember. Um, I think we're kind of similar in the sense that we had heard the song from before. We can remember hearing songs because I remember being in college, my second year. I was in the shower and the radio was on, and that song came on. I was like, I know this song. It's like a family reunion. Almost like, wait a minute, I, I'd forgotten about it, but I know this song, <laughs> and. But it was the it was the Willie and Merle version, and I was just immediately transported to all things cool. This is a very unique animal in my song list in the sense that I don't like the original, huh? And I adore, I love the damn the Merle and Willie. Oh my god! More than I'm really even like. Oh my! Oh my god! Is right. And so it's very interesting that way. 
it, it's it's very so this song brings up a lot of issues for me is what i'm trying to say <laughs> you're, you're, um it causes a lot of introspection but you, i will you getting say all the feels right now yeah it, it's very it, this song's very complex there's not there's probably another not another song you could name that i absolutely adore the cover of it hmm. and don't even hardly like the original so you're saying the 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 movie in this case is much better than the book yeah, exactly. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, Dirty Cheerleaders, Volume 14. The book is atrocious. Um, I, okay. I don't, I don't know so good. All about all that. But um, I, I had never heard this song until you brought it up, which is weird. I mean, it, it seems like such a standard, such a classic. You didn't hear this song until this week? I don't think so, man. I probably heard it, but it's never registered. You know what I mean? No, um, shit. I really had a hard time with it. Nothing jumped out at me. I'm like, how am I going to weave this this tale of wonder and delight about the song. Cause I do like to like, I do like to like songs. Yeah, that's what we expect from you, Neil is a wonder and delight. <laughs> wonder. And that's delight. what I expect. And Neil um, wonder and delight Marsh right here. And you know, I can see why it's so popular in certain circles, but I can also see why it's not in others. It's kind of boring, but at the same time, very intriguing. If you actually sit down and listen to it, you know, like I enjoyed listening to it, but <laughs> When I first put it on, I was like, oh, man, this is I'm going to have to dig deep for this one. So I want you to convince <laughs> me. I don't it. have a ton to say about the song. Josh, I need okay. I need you to convince me why this is so great. Okay. Why it's well, worthwhile. OK, Jonathan, first of all, I want to point out, Jonathan, we you remember that's that's hilarious about from your childhood. You were like, yeah, oh, I know this. it's just there. And, and here's why I know it, because I know the I just remembered the video. From when I was just a a child, just I always remember that with Willie just on the horse. It's so over dramatic, and he's just on the horse, and he like looks up. No, but at the end, when they're both sitting in the bar, (laughs) and and Towns Van Zant's in there. Well, he's in there the whole time. He's one of the federales. But they're sitting there whenever early '80s, when you have the classic country artists. The way they were doing their vibe in the early '80s <laughs> it might be the coolest Wait, thing I've ever seen. He's got a trucker hat backwards that's just sitting on top yeah, of his head. Yeah, he does. And Merle's sitting there <laughs> in like the glasses. Merle's got those sunglasses that are oh. half like half shaded oh. at the and top. Look at and look, Hank Jr. in '82. Look, I'm as liberal as it fucking gets, but I fucking love Hank Jr. And like Hank Jr. '82 is incredible. So all that stuff, country, yeah. like, classic country in the early '80s. Fantastic. And I, I get it. I get why this was probably so big that you saw that video. I've never seen that video. The the Willie and Merle version, I love to hear Willie sing it, but everything else about it is terrible compared to the original. Like, it's just <laughs> like the, the, the well, intro is so kind of cheesy, but then it all drops out and lets Willie just take over, which is great. But I mean, just they, they turn it into like this, like the intro is very strange, kind of almost cinematic kind of experience. And that's it, Jonathan, what I was going to say. I'm glad you pointed that out, Neil. It's, I cannot believe you like, because the the Willie version is, and Merle version is so overproduced. And like that intro, the random, like, the ra- they just you give one, all that bullshit out, them singing just, the song, them yeah, singing the song is absolutely so good. Absolutely. The, so the, I can the, ignore all the other shit. I will say this. The best part of either version to me is when Merle comes in, he's like, Poach tail, Phil, left his living in a cheap motel. And when he does that, I'm just, I get chills. I get chills even trying to sing like it. 
tell how Pancho fell and left his living in a cheap hotel. Do you know the story behind that? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he was asleep and was Willie's asleep. daughter brought the song to him. And then Will, Willie was like, oh, yeah, we're going to cut this tonight. And like, Merle was sleeping this. out in his bus. Yeah. He's like, come sing this. He sang it once. I watched their little uh, spiel on this song where Merle said he didn't even remember recording it. He's like, was I in key? Look, man, we can do it now or we can do it later. But I'm down to fucking go through a, a step-by-step accounting of what your issues are with, like, what the overproduction is. Okay, well, it's such a sad kind of just tale. And you can tell from the beginning, like, the the first lines of the songs, he's talking about himself on the road and his fucking breath is kerosene. Like, it's, it's kind of, it's almost... You can tell there's so much pain and sadness in the song, and Willie and Merle just make it this fun tale. It's it, they Disney-fy it, almost like my take on Under the Boardwalk. It's kind of Disney-fied. But here's my thing, drumroll please, shocker. I don't really like Towns Van Zandt's songs. Like I like this song, but when Willie and Merle do it, but he to me has it's just it's fucking depression. I don't like depression in music. <laughs> The blues is fine. Being sad is fine, but fucking well, depression, no, but, especially but, when you're affluent, depression from a fucking affluent really irks the shit out of me. And I feel like he has a lot of that in his songs, and I don't really love, but like I love the the interpretation of William and Merle do of this song. I, I, it's one of my favorite songs. I, I I understand that the pushback against his catalog, if you're like it's just too depressing. But this song yeah. specifically, there is so it's not just pain and sadness in this song. There is so much humanity in this song and in every line. I say, but it's invented, right? It's not a true story. This is a totally contrived yeah. story. Yeah. This is not it's, real. It, but like I, I mean, said, there's a little Pancho Villa. In there, but, but there's like, another dude named Poncho, but that's not this song. Yeah, I mean, but he was all, he was caught by the federal. I mean, like there's similarities to there's yeah. enough yeah, similarities. There's another Mexican dude named Poncho. There's more than one. Sure, but if you grow up in Texas and you hear the stories of the old West, and like he writes a story about an outlaw, a totally fictitious one though. That's my point. Yeah, it's so tough to like write a song like this that that sounds like a traditional like just almost tale. You know what I mean? It's 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 the storytelling is true. That it's impressive. The it's saving true. grace of the song because otherwise it's just kind of a song. You know, so like, you but you prefer the towns. Version. Yes, for sure, because of the really? sadness and because you can tell it's not about Poncho or Lefty. It's about him. It's about him well, having. See, I, it's about him being on the road and comparing mu- music to being an outlaw. That's and just, just the, way that's he the first couple it. lines, though. After that, like it, it doesn't have to be him in the first couple lines. That's what's so good. Look, and just it doesn't have it, to be. I'm just, just saying that's it. how I interpret. But it. I'm saying if it is him, it's him in the first couple lines. And after that, it's not him. But yes, you just yes. said it. I mean, this is just this is someone, and this is why I love this song. This is someone telling a story, which is what the best. Honestly, what the best country songs are. Or songs in general, straight up telling a story. The story is the song in this. You don't have to like his voice. I think there's so much feeling in his voice and so much affectation in his voice. And this is great because you're clearly a natural singer. And so it's very interesting that we're opposite sides of the spectrum because typically you go with the singer and I go with the fucking everything else. I I just go with feeling. Like if I can feel the the. The guy is singing what, like that. He's feeling what he's singing. Well, Pancho met his match, you know, on the desert stand in Mexico, and nobody heard his dying word. I'm like, hey. this is his singing's weird. I There's love just it. A, it. It's so I love to me. It. I, get, it, to me, it distracts me from the story. Ironically, 
and and that's fine. Like as I, as I said at the beginning, like you you can musically it it it's pretty. You know, there's nothing special about this. I mean, it's acoustic picking and and whatever the timing you said takes you out of the song, but. You know, vocally, you know, people don't like the way Bob Dylan sings and people don't like the way certain other people sing. That's fine. It, the, the story is the song. Yeah, correct? because without the story, it's super boring. Well, <laughs> for the town. If, if not for the story, this is garbage. Yes, because it's a pretty straightforward <laughs> singer-songwriter song yeah. with, with, the, with the story. And, you know, the melody's nice. I mean, it's not a bad melody at all. You know, I mean, and the, and the refrain is great. But mm-hmm. the, the, the very impressive thing about this song is it, it almost reads like a book or a short story. And there's a weird prologue that starts the song. Yeah, where it, <laughs> can you it, expand it, on weird prologue? The well, part where he's talking about himself. Well, because you start off with living on the road. It, you don't know who the narrator is. Living on the road, my friend, was going to keep you free and clean. Now you wear your skin like iron. Your breath's as hard as kerosene. It, and then, and then the it, it goes on and to and sank into your dreams. And then we get into Poncho was a bandit. So was that talking about Poncho? Because later we're talking yeah. about Lefty. It's very abstract. Well, right. the blues. Yes. And so I it, think there's like a prologue to the story that's about to expire. Here's what happens to people. And this, and Neil, like you said, this could be Towns, but it also could be Poncho and it could be Lefty as well. Yes. It's all of them. It's this is this this pertains to anybody who's ever wanted to get out on the road. You think it's going to be it's going to keep you free and clean, but then all of a sudden your your skin's like iron, breath's as hard as kerosene, and and then here's a story about two people and the you know, their fates. Yeah. And I I think the coolest thing about the storytelling is that there's so many holes in the story that you can fill it in yourself. You know, like, and that's what's so impressive about the storytelling, because I don't even know what he's saying in the course. What is he saying? Did he get hung or did they let him go? Or they could, they could have caught him, but they didn't. I don't like, I don't get it. I I think that one guy died and one guy lived. There's some wordplay in there. You know, they only let him hang around. Is he? Yeah. Did they hang him, or did were they just letting him hang yeah. around? Like, was there like an agreement? Like, we'll let we'll let him go for a while, but we're gonna get him mm-hmm. eventually. And but and even the first line, we could have caught him any day. Well, did you? Didn't you? Like, what happened? Means- you could have. They didn't. But that that almost assumes that they didn't. And all the federales say they could have had. But I almost read that as the Federales, this is what this is the story they're telling well after Poncho was caught. Of like, well, we we just we just let him hang around. Okay, because, so we could have caught him any day, but we know, let him run around and run amok for a while and then we finally hung him. You you could read it like that. And <laughs> okay. and then, you know, out of kind you know, out of kindness, I suppose. And I, you know, he even <laughs> mm-hmm. he throws humor into the story and like out of kindness, I suppose, and that's the way it goes. I, I dig it because it sounds so honest. And clearly he's a he's a highly revered guy. So like Right, but I don't even hear it. Like when he sings Dead Flowers on the Big Lebowski, I'm like what fucking song is this? That's a cool version, man. It's, it's, it's like of one of the first. But I don't even is. like it. That's what I'm saying. I don't like it. It's struggling. <laughs> it just sounds so struggling. Well, and that's all I really knew of this guy before this song. You know, I mean, I've you hear his name all well, the no, time, but you we don't went put no, it Neil, on well, you and I drove somewhere. I don't know, in some point in like the last year, and I <laughs> we listened to a Towns record, and you were just like, oh. I'm not really 
primed to hear this much Towns Van Sant. Yeah, it's too. It's just. But, I mean, but but again, but again, I don't want to get. I don't want to get into his whole catalog and everything about him mm-hmm. specifically. No, I'm saying this song. the what I don't like about this song is indicative of what I don't like about uh, him. Absolutely. Look, he can be a little boring. I think you know if you you really do have to listen to yeah. And what he's saying in his songs, and, and frankly, a, I don't like what he's saying usually. <laughs> but in in this song specifically, and like what Neil pointed out earlier, there's so much space in between each line that's very easy to fill in because of how well written each. But line see, is. no one does that to me as well as Willie and Merle. They they make it happen, and that should tell you how much they thought of the song that they were like. It does, oh my God, it does, and amazing. I'm sure maybe they like fucking stewed cabbage. I don't. My point is this. To me, they demonstrate the brilliance of the song. To me, if it was just his version, I would not like the song. Yeah, and that's fine. I now, mean, do you have a do you have a favorite line? Oh, I mean, they're all the line lyrically. The lines are great. They're all like home runs, right? I mean, every line yeah. of the song, it's like yeah. nineteen home runs in a row or whatever. Yeah, like, I mean, Neil, does does one in particular stick well, out? Well, just the beginning because I really think it is autobiographical. And my other kind of favorite part is just when the. In his version, when the the chorus comes in, the federales, the horns come in too. It kind of takes you down oh, into yeah. Mexico. And I don't know. It's just so funny. Federales is always such a cool word. Absolutely. The, the refrain sounds great. I, I would say my favorite lyric in this song is, uh, Lefty, he can't sing the blues all night long like he used to. The dust that Poncho bit down south ended up in Lefty's mouth. Uh, that yeah, that's a great. Right there so it's funny. I was thinking about great. saying that, but what I really want to say is the, the next line... Poncho needs your prayers, it's true, but save a few for Lefty, too. Yeah, that's he only beautiful. did what he had, had to, to do. do. Now he's growing old. Poncho needs your prayers, it's true, but save a few for Lefty, too. Did you guys watch that um, interview where he said he couldn't even take credit for the song? Because it just flowed through him. He's like, I don't even know if I can take credit for writing this because it just it was just in the universe and I was just the vehicle that When he's <laughs> when he's not sure if he can sign the checks, I'll believe him. But a lot of songwriters say that. They're like, Look, I, I don't know how I wrote that song. Yeah. It just came to well, me. And, like, I mean, I, mean, I think there's that something the to time. that. You know? For sure. I and I mean there's an esoteric pseudo deep quality to that statement but it's like yeah. yeah dude it's it's like that thing santana used to talk about the, the musical like <laughs> like an angel wanting him to create a fucking line <laughs> yes, of ties yeah. and shoes yeah yeah exactly that's the cheesy version <laughs> yeah yep yeah. i mean for see for me the thing is like there is a fair amount of production in the willie version and the, the william merle version but like i love it, it it's like one of the kind of 50s or early 60s country songs but 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 done well and i mean the guitar solo is there's still a fucking lick i can't figure out in there it infuriates me i mean i can figure out all kind of stuff and there's a lick in there that i still yeah. can't figure out just willie at his best and i mean i love the music and everything about the willie and merle version willie he anything he touches turns to gold and his solo mm. the the nylon string harmonized guitar solo is just classic and great. That's what I take away from that version. I'm like, oh, Willie, nice solo. Uh, Willie, nice singing. The rest, <laughs> trash. So you don't like Merle singing? Um, it's like... fine. Oh, I mean, really? when Merle comes in, it's like, all no, right. it's cool. It, it, it's when Merle seals. comes in, it gives me chills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> so I need to listen to it more because I didn't. Not too many times did I get all the way to Merle. He only he only has one of the refrain. He only has one it's of the, the verses. Well, he's lefty, the right? He, he comes in at the end. Yeah, but he doesn't come in when lefty. He can't sing the blues. Yeah, I mean that's still Willie. But but 
my thing with the music is I, I love the understated way Towns does it. And I do enjoy the, the guitar solo in the Waylon and Willie version. I mean, the Merle, Merle and Willie version. Right. <laughs> But the, again, we've, I'm not going to harp on the beginning or the un, inexplicable background vocalist taking one of the refrains or choruses at the end of the song. It's just like you have Willie and yeah. Merle. Like, why are they not singing this? And then it gives them the, space. They there's this little riff in there. Boom, 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 yeah, boom. Yeah, that sounds terrible. like it belongs in like an '80s pop yeah, rock like song. Yeah, it's I don't, like where, where, where are you talking about? It's throughout the whole song. It's like. No, it comes. It comes in right before the chorus. I have no idea what you're talking. It comes about. in right before the federales. And, and it just sticks out. So it's so. I've listened to this song thousands of times. I have wow, no idea what you're talking about. You should listen harder. I'm hard. <laughs> I'm as hard as I'm as hard as I'm gonna get, Neil. He's, he's as hard as kerosene. Todd gave rock I'm hard as, to you. <laughs> I'm country hard. I'm not rock hard. Country hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh That's my good. god. Um. So, but <laughs> what both of these songs does, and and the way that it really resonates, I think for me like I was saying earlier, is there is a specific humanity in the song. And I think you can find it in the vocals of of all three of them, even though you disagree, you don't agree with the Towns one. But I watched <sighs> that new movie with uh, Francis McDormand in it on Hulu, I don't know, a week or two ago, Nomadland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not like you don't watch it and you're like, oh, my God, that was amazing. You watch it and you're just like, that was beautiful because there was so much humanity in mm-hmm. it. And Can you expand on humanity? Just in every line, there's so many. It's not just sadness and depression. There's so much going on in every single line. In so this the song. spectrum of emotions is that what you're talking about? Yeah, spectrum of emotion of the whole prologue part that I'm talking about that introduces you to the story of Poncho and Lefty. So many people can can relate to that. You feel like it's Living archetypal on, to some extent. Yeah. For sure, it's kind of true. Like if you have two guys, like one one guy is usually a little wilder, one guy is usually a little more fucking like play by the rules. Like, well, I mean, yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. And then you have the the Judas tale of of, of now and, we're but, getting somewhere, Josh. Bob. But also, you 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 it, it asks you to have empathy for the Judas character. That's right? t- give me that, give me that good humanity you got over there. I'm, I'm coming. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> easy now, not that. I'm ex- not it's, yet. It's, it's, we're not. I didn't agree to all that now. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I also love. <laughs> I also love. There are like we mentioned earlier, the little tags. And now he's growing old. Mm-hmm, there ain't mm-hmm. nobody knows. Yeah. At the end of each one, it almost adds a little humor, a little like. Yeah. You know. No. And and, it's and still, well, the, it's still just a story. And the, you know, it's not that serious. And the anticipation. There's such a wait before he hits that. B minor, and it's like, well, I suppose exactly. It's the only minor chord. It's all just platitudes. He said, "I mean, it's all like that's the way it goes." Out of kindness, I suppose. I think they're platitudes because of this song. I think the 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 best part about it is the writing and then even the name. Like the name is 
the best part yeah. of the song. Poncho and Lefty <clears throat> is such a cool. It's it's funny. It's cool. It's mysterious. Like who the hell are Poncho and Lefty? Stuff like this is so great when you hear uh, the the songwriters. Even though they know they kind of have a sour voice in some ways, they they. But the way they project it out, it sounds so honest and no, true and such really, a story. Like the Willie and Merle version is just this polished kind of bullshit. I'm glad it went to number one and they made a bunch of see, money. But you don't like that. It's not what the song is all about. It is. Yeah. It's a better explanation <laughs> no, of the song. No, it's not. It's, it's just it's, a cinematic, it, like Neil said yeah, earlier, it's, it's, it's a like, cinematic version of the song. It's like a version They're of They're taking like, it and adding the Hollywood production to it. They're taking it from indie status to fucking Marvel. But but Willie and Merle heard this song and immediately recorded it because they were like they saw, yeah, oh my the god, potential. This is an amazing song. <laughs> Here's how well, it could sound great. And that in that video I saw them talking about it, they actually heard the Emmy Lou version. And it, it sounds great. First. That's fine. Um, but, but, but like, but I'm, I'm saying like when Willie's like, um, breasts as hard as kerosene. Um, well, met yes, match Willie you know, just sings great. He can sing the fucking phone book. There's and it melody. There's melody. When, like I said, Talent sounds like a guy tuning a guitar. But but that's why it's so good is because that's the true that's rawest like version it. of a great story. One of the the best parts is the storytelling and the finger picking. It he makes it sound yeah, very simple, but it's actually quite complicated what he's doing. I mean, not quite. It's not super complicated, but and that, but that's a great point. It sounds like he's in a fucking saloon in the West, telling like a drunk fucking playing this song in the corner telling people mm-hmm, about these this mm-hmm. old fucking federale and really the only thing that brings you back into it is the fact that he fucking banishes lefty to cleveland yeah yeah he's like, you're you're, you're <laughs> that's in this really the low point of the whole thing right <laughs> fucking young guns no universe, and then you're like, oh he's going he's fleeing to the cleave <laughs> he's going to the land i don't know what they call cleveland like the big land the land <laughs> no one talks about it that's that it's no one ever refers to cleveland I actually have some friends from Cleveland. <laughs> right, but you don't talk about them because I've never heard of this. <laughs> well, another another cool thing he does with the songwriting there at the end is he turns the uh, all the federales to a few gray federales. And that mm-hmm. kind of harkens yeah. back to my point of that's just, just the, the federales talking about this story. Yeah, it's just the and then this is them later in life looking back on like, oh, yeah, we could have had him. Mm-hmm. You know, we only did that because... Yeah, out of kindness, I, you know. And that's almost like the narrator's throwing in out of kindness, I suppose, there. There's sarcasm. It's sarcasm. Wink, wink, yeah. Right, right. So let's get into the vibe time portion of this song. Cue the uh, music in three, two, one. I don't feel comfortable doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Neil clearly does. Johnny, oh, what, what, give, me, give me the vibe. When do you want to hear you? The Towns Van Zant version never, ever. Okay. Oh my god. The Willie version anytime, especially once again. I think I just want to shoot pool. I don't know. I think I just have a itch. I think I, it, maybe that's what the <laughs> pandemic's doing to me. I just want to shoot pool and hear all these songs we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I just want to fucking be up all night shooting pool to shit like this. Neil. Well, I don't have much context with the song, so when I want to listen to it is when I'm preparing for a podcast and trying to weave <laughs> a wonderful story about how great it is. <laughs> so never again, even though I saying. don't believe it, I'm still trying to weave that story. All right. uh, <laughs> hey man, you don't have to love it. Um, the, I would say I definitely want to hear the town's version when like I'm in like a contemplative mood, or I just want to get lost in a story, basically. So let's say drive home from work, having a drink on the patio, sunset, 
cooking dinner, cleaning, end of the night after everyone's gone. When do you not want to hear it? Let's let's be clear. Maybe it's easier to say when you don't want to hear it. (laughs) Well, I don't want to hear it like when I'm at a party or like when I'm playing basketball, playing basketball or working out or at work. Maybe the worst workout song Or driving to work or like... (laughs) You listen. You start like on a date night. Have people over for dinner. Um, <laughs> date night. Okay, now we are fully under the influence, Jonathan. What, what do you think this was influenced by? Uh, influence moving forward, et cetera, et cetera. It was definitely, definitely influenced by very a very th- thoughtful individual, no doubt, a, a good imagination, and then down the road a bit the potential of it was realized for me by another set of artists, but you can't ignore the contributions of the original author. It wouldn't be a song if it wasn't for the author. To me, it's just kind of like, it's like, it's like a theory. And then like someone picks that theory up and goes and like, it's like, it's like, it's like Towns Van Zandt is Hewlett Packer and Willie and Merle are Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. Okay. But influence wise, like what do you think led to this song? What do you think this song may have influenced afterwards? Hewlett Packard and Bill Gates. No, I'm <laughs> um, that's a, that's uh, I don't know. Just, just sadness, <laughs> contemplativeness. You know, just contemplation. Sadness. On... It was influenced exactly. by sadness. It was exactly. influenced. Yes, in you're very yes. correct. Um, and one of my, uh, I was wondering if I was right or not. Like, I think a better version of this song is Rocky Raccoon. I mean, <laughs> what are you talking about? What? Please explain. I, can, I mean, I, I actually, I like Are you that. kidding like me? That. No, what do you mean? I don't, I you don't think don't Rocky like Raccoon is better than this? It's definitely a story song in yeah, a similar it's, vein. Yeah. I, I do like I think Rocky, Rocky Raccoon, Raccoon is better than Poncho and Lefty? Yes. I like Rocky. Yes. I like this better than Okay, Rocky no, Raccoon. I get it. I get it. No, it, Paul is very aware that he's telling a story and like, and playing up these big parts and, and Towns Van Zandt, the, Poncho and Lefty is much more of a subdued version, but I would prefer Rocky Raccoon. That's kind of what I thought about. And as far as just this song and his voice, it reminds me of like Leonard Cohen, like a great writer who has a very unique voice that kind of sings in a certain way. And the first time I was introduced to Towns Van Zandt was Big Lebowski and Dead Flowers. And then when I put this on, I was like, oh yeah, this sounds like just dead flowers with different chords like he's just telling a different story <laughs> in the exact same voice yes yes he has he has that same voice i mean look something like this song specifically is influenced by storytellers you know i mean and and you know roots music and texas music to some extent uh, i think some, some of his picking is very reminiscent of like texas blues but you know i mean you talk about dylan leonard cohen his fingerpicking is pretty generic. Like it's you not, know, little Don Quixote shit. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then obviously. Okay, go ahead. It, it's storytelling. It's it's fucking storytelling one one. I mean, no, it's definitely narrative driven. But Jonathan, you really think this is better than Rocky Raccoon? I do too. Yeah. Yeah. How? I mean, yeah. Rocky Raccoon's like a Chuck E. Cheese song. Yeah, it's kind of like a farce. Mm. It's just goofing off. It's just like Paul wanting to it, sing no, melodies because that's no, what he no, does. Just the the musical the movements like. There's only three chords in Rocky Raccoon, but the dynamics are, yeah, are no, fucking amazing. We just that's where we just disagree. Well, so anyway, but I I do think like something like this song and something like this song and Tans Van Zant in general obviously influenced like Steve Earle, oh. Tans Van Zant, Wilco. You can hear him in the Kings oh, yeah, of Leon, oh, yeah, Sunbolt, sure. Gillian Welch. Like 
yeah, Gillian like, Welch, Jason like Isbell, Patty Griffin, yeah, even somebody like, like as more recent as Father John Misty or Angel Olsen <laughs> or Hound I, I still like one person <laughs> you've mentioned so far. So that's, that's fine. You're probably right. And I, I, I don't care at all. No, I'm just uh, pointing out that you're probably right that he influenced him. But here, Neil, I'll give you this. I like Rocky Raccoon better than the Towns version. So <laughs> that, I'll give no, you that. that. I'll meet you that, in the middle. No, I'll meet you in the middle. I, I, I take no solace in your, your comments. I'm just trying there, to meet like, you in the middle. Thanks, but no thanks. Well, now, now that now that we uh, now that we, we I feel like we've been under the covers this whole time. Um, so, Jonathan, uh, well, obviously we're not. We've discussed the Willie and Waylon cover, but Jonathan, how many other covers did you listen? To? I listened to part of a Dirk Bentley one that I couldn't listen to. <laughs> and Luke Bryan, and uh, they seem like fine guys. No, it was just way overproduced. Uh, anything that has Luke Bryan's name on it, I'm out. That's a fair statement. Um, yeah, I <laughs> Neil. I listened to the uh, the Emmy Lou version. Eh, I mean, it's fine. What? No, I think I think the only the only redeeming factor of the song is him telling the story. Like that's all there's good about it. Mm. But nobody otherwise it's boring as fuck. But him playing the song sounds sounds very good. Once you listen to it, it took me a while. I finally found it. <laughs> Once um, you listen to it forever. You found that sweet spot. I found I found the fucking sweet spot, and I saw um, <laughs> a video of Steve Earle doing it at Amoeba, like probably ten years ago, which was super cool. I mean, I also he, don't like Steve Earle. Oh my god! Yeah, of course you don't. Of course you don't. Of course I don't. Yeah, I, I don't really like Steve I mean, Earle either. No, it's fine. Most people won't admit it. That's the only reason why I say it. Uh, most people won't say that. I don't know. I, I I just respect someone who's a good storyteller, a good musician. I don't think he's great. I don't put him on a lot, but I but I'm not gonna say I don't like him. Like, no, I think you being for him and us being against him is perfect. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's fine. That's I'm yeah. very happy with it. <laughs> it makes perfect sense, and that's where he should be. I, I agree. It all I makes agree. sense. <laughs> <in the end. laughs> you you got any you got any others, Neil? Is that it? Yeah. That I mean. Uh, yeah. I mean, what other covers are there? Well, let me let me give you the rundown. Uh, <laughs> let me count thy ways. There, so I would say there's a live version that Towns done, does that I think is better than the one on the um, the album, which is the late great Towns Van Zant. When did he die? Uh, in the '90s. Hmm. Yeah, he he had a live version on Rearview Mirror, which was is like a live album that came out in '93, so 20 years later. Uh, <clears throat> and then you also have. The Emmylou version, which I, I think sounds good, Neil. But yeah, it's not as good as yeah, the Willie no, it do, it doesn't Merle sound bad. or the. Just, I, he also has a version with Freddie Fender that like is not good. And then there's a cover by Jason Isbell and Elizabeth Cook, which is just pretty mediocre. Um, there is a kind of Euro European like acoustic version uh, by Frank Turner, which is a hard pass. There's a guy Dwayne Messer who does kind of a modern country <laughs> alt. Take that. Like, like there's a dude who lives great. down my street. He does a cover. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then and then he does a modern country take, but not as modern country as uh, another artist named Tennessee Jet with a T. Tennessee so, but, Jet. Tennessee. I do not like. I do not like that at all. Tennessee Jet. <laughs> I will say this one thing that's very random is like ironically, Towns does a song. It's an old school. It may be a. Uh, Ernest Tubbs or somebody. It's one of those early uh, country guys. Uh, Fraulein. Uh, it's, yes. It, and his version good. of that song, I actually, I really like his version. It's, it, the opposite, it's a really good version, yeah. It's the opposite it, of everything else. But like, well, I, do I, would like say, I would say, if unlike you, Johnny, if, if you haven't heard Towns Van Zant and, and 
like Poncho and Lefty. I mean, this is this is probably not my favorite song by him. I like for the sake of the song. I think is a it's a beautiful song. And if I needed you as well, as, as, well, as a beautiful song. <laughs> I think this is more. I think this is more accessible. Okay. Okay. Than those. Um, so now that we've covered everything, uh, Jonathan, how does the shoe fit? I'd say one of the shoes fits. <laughs> left the left. Just one. <laughs> Yeah, the lefty. The lefty. Yes. <laughs> the lefty. The poncho, not so much. Not the poncho, so much. <laughs> but the lefty fits beautifully. Uh, Neil. Um, well, it, yeah, it fits uh, reluctantly. Like I, I dig the song, but I did have to manufacture my appreciation for it. You really don't have to do that. Just so we're clear, you don't have to manufacture yeah, you can, appreciation. No, well, I made it clear. I mean, yeah, I mean, we just go about it in different ways. Like, yeah, I can shit on it all night long, or I can try to figure out why you picked it and why there are some cool stuff. There is cool shit about it. But I'm just looking. I'm just looking for your take. Something. I'm just looking for your natural reaction, bro. Well, that's what you're I just, getting. I just want na- I just want natural Neil. All right. Well, I'll bring <laughs> the pain. I'll, no protection. I'll bring the fucking pain. No, no protection. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the shoe fits for Neil. No protection. <laughs> no, no. The shoe the shoe fits. The shoe fits. But you know, sometimes there's not always a shoe. Like basically, whatever shoe you're wearing, as long as you have a revolver on you, you gotta have a revolver if you're whatever shoes you're wearing. <laughs> the song. Do well, what? I, I, a fucking revolver, a gun, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, that wasn't the part I was confused about. <laughs> I was clear what a revolver was. I wasn't clear how that fixes your shoe problem. Oh, well, it's like, yes, it fits, and I don't give a shit what the shoes are. Like, I'm, I'm just saying more importantly, I, I didn't want to, like come someone you, I didn't want to say shoes are going to disappoint you. It fits like a fucking <laughs> cowboy boot. <laughs> hey, you know what it does? It helps you shoot your toe off more cleanly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> shooting my looking at you funny. <laughs> I you know what it you know what it fits for me, Jonathan. I don't care if it pisses you off. My favorite pair of work boots. I'll wear them to work. I'll wear them to the store. I'll wear them out to dinner. I don't give a fuck. Which are your work boots boots, are boots. boat shoes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just assume you wear boat oh shoes. Sport, Josh. Boot, blue suede, <laughs> uh, blue suede boot <laughs> shoes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and on that note. Thank you for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And now we are going to play a cover of Towns Van Zant's Poncho and Lefty. Living on the road, my friend, is going to keep you free and clean. Now you wear your skin like iron Your breath's as hard as kerosene Weren't your mama's only boy But a favorite one it seemed You began to cry when you said goodbye And sank into your dreams Poncho was a bandit boy horse was fast as polished steel wore his gun outside his vest for all the honest world to feel Pancho met his match you know on the deserts down in Mexico nobody heard his dying words oh but that's the way it goes 
All the federalists say Could have had him any day Only let him hang around Out of kindness, I suppose After he can't sing the blues All night long like he used to The dust of poncho bit down south It ended up in Lefty's mouth The day they laid poor poncho low Lefty split for Ohio Where you got the bread to go There ain't nobody knows All the federalists say They could have had him any day They only let him slip away Out of kindness, I suppose Left his living in a cheap motel Desert's quiet, Cleveland's cold So the story ends where it's told Poncho needs your prayers, it's true Save a few for Lefty too He just did what he had to do All the federalists say They could have had him any day They only let him hang around Out of kindness, I suppose Gray-haired federalists say They could have had him any day They only let him hang around Out of kindness, I suppose Okay, the cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond and Jonathan Horton. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Pod gave rock and roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to reach out to us, uh, you can find us at the handle at Pod gave rock. Next week is Jonathan's song, What Are We Doing? We're going to talk about um, Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. Damn, wait! <laughs>